Welcome to Get Motivated with Donato Parisi, a show designed to reach you where you are, focusing on the fact that you can be anything you want and desire. All you have to do is get motivated. If you need a challenge in your life, then look no further. Get Motivated with Donato begins now. Well, welcome back, everyone, to Get Motivated with Donato. We have our special guest, actually a repeating guest, Jody, with us today. So very excited. Yay, Jody. Thank you so much for having me, Donato. I'm excited to be back on Get Motivated and to have a new conversation with you. We have a new book together. We have things that I have coming out on my own. And so thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, yes. No, it's it's a pleasure having you here. Had such a blast with you last time. We couldn't get it all in, so we had to do more. And you're so busy, as well as me. And here's the greatness of new book with you in it. With that, with that. Such and a we're great in it together. Mm-hmm. So it's so awesome. And you know, your chapter it says growing into your voice. Yes. So let's let's just like because we know each other already and mm-hmm. been on the show together. Let's just skip all the other stuff that we normally do for icebreakers or whatever and just jump into it. Tell us about that chapter and 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 why that title. Okay. Well, that came from a very personal journey of my own. And one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it in The Greatness is in You is it really to me was all about like how do you tap into and find that own inner greatness and then bring it out and share it with others. And for me growing up, I was, I'm an introvert. I still am, Uh, but I was very quiet and shy and reserved and was never one to want to speak in public. I was terrified of video cameras. It always makes me laugh every time I tell this story because of course now I'm on video all of the time, Uh, but I would burst into tears in front of video cameras. It just, I would shake. My voice was just not steady at all. And I just wasn't comfortable. And I loved people though. I loved helping people. I always knew I wanted to be a therapist and um, to help others. And it was great one-on-one, but when it came to public speaking, it just wasn't something that I had grown into yet. And I never would have in a million years, if you told me like someday you're going to be this author and the speaker and doing all of these things would have believed you. But just over time, I grew into it and it started really small and I started working with, you know, families and teaching. um, I did parenting training and um, coaching programs and kids and teens programs. And I would be presenting in front of groups. And it was because I was so passionate about what I was doing and I cared so much. And it was so important to me in becoming a therapist to have my sessions recorded and sit in a room and have everybody critique them and do those things that were mortifying, but at the same time necessary to get to where I wanted to be and to do what I knew was my calling, that it was worth it. And so it was little bits of growth. You know, a lot of times we see people and we think that they're just always been the way that they are. And so I wanted to share that that wasn't the case at all, that for me, it was a whole process over decades uh, where I got more and more comfortable and I said yes to opportunities and I opened doors for myself in doing that, that helped me to grow into my own voice and then share how other people could do that too. Well, and 
some of that, right? Like what you just said, you know, there's, there's this weird saying, it's how do you eat an elephant <laughs> one yeah. bite at a time, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, you got to put yourself out there, but you got to do it a little bit by a little bit. And, and you're learning, you're growing, you're, you're developing mm -hmm. that gift, that talent, that ability, right? Exactly. Um, you know, some people are just born with that natural gift of gab. Others mm -hmm. like yourself have to acquire it, have to develop it, have to maybe build out their vocabulary, you know, or just get over that fear. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that especially, I mean, you can, there's, there's something I always say, you can only be in fear or faith, right? You pick one, which one are you going to be in? And that's, that's the thing. Like, you can't live in fear and live in faith, right? Or or whatever that other thing is, right? Mm -hmm. And like, how, how are you going to do those things, right? You got to get past the fear, you know, and, and do it, develop it, mature it, grow it, right? And that's, that's what you've done. And mm -hmm. I think that helps to encourage all of us, right? And, and shows us maybe a way to get that done. So, I mean, tell us a little bit more about that journey and, and some of those obstacles, especially along the way. Yeah, definitely. Well, one of the things that I have always thought of is your comfort zone instead of stepping out to me, it's about expanding it. So if you think mm -hmm. about a bullseye, you and you have um, your comfort zones, the center circle, and then off the target completely is out of your comfort zone. Instead of having to jump all the way out, you just focus on expanding it little by little. And that's really what I did is it was, you know, one-on-one -on -one and then a couple and then maybe a family or a small group or, you know, things like that. It was, you know, just little bits where I just started incrementally. Now, like I said, one of the things for me was that fear. I, I didn't like video cameras. I had this crazy traumatic <laughs> incident in my childhood where a random cousin of my dad's would like videotape everything, like family reunions, like all the things. And for some reason thought it was hilarious that I didn't like video cameras and would chase me around with them. I was like, okay, that's not very nice. Right? And I would hide under coffee tables as a child. And it was, it was pretty bad. So I think that definitely contributed um, to that. So like I said, when literally when I started, um, when I, when I went into grad school and was, you know, studying to become a therapist, I remember, um, so my husband is retired military and he was deployed at the time and they had this opportunity now this is going to date me because obviously this is not how it works now we have cell phones and you can video people all of the time um but way back the cameras when, are much smaller now <laughs> yeah they're much smaller now it's so much easier um but they had a special thing going on at like best buy or something you know one of the big box electronic stores where you could go and they would videotape you to send your you know, soldier, sailor, whatever, a special video for 
the holidays for Christmas. And so I went and had that done. And my husband, uh, at the time, we weren't married just yet. We knew we were going to. Um, but he knew what a big deal that was because he could tell I was like shaking and a little teary. Mm. And <laughs> my voice was shaking. And, um, but, but it meant so much to me. It was so important to me that he get to do that because I mean, back then we only got to talk on the phone like 10 minutes every three weeks and he had a line of people behind him. So he didn't really want to say much or anything. And um, we had letters and e we did have email. I'm not that old. So <laughs> we had email. Um, but it was just something that I remember that was around the same time I was starting in school where we had to do the recordings. And so that was something I had to push through. And then when we got into um, you know, the therapy rooms, the nice thing about that was that my comfort zone, that was not my comfort zone yet with the camera in front of the face. Like you said, cameras are smaller now, um, but was, was actually helpful for me when we started videotaping sessions was the camera was like way up in the corner of the ceiling. And I was like, okay, I can focus on the person in front of me and not focus on the fact that, that video camera is going off, right? And so that was something where I could focus on the connection. Like, where was I comfortable? I was comfortable in the connection with the person right there in front of me and in the one-to-one. -one. And just try not to think about the fact that later we'd have to look at it and dissect it. <laughs> and so, you know, that was something for me that was helpful to, again, start really small and to learn along the way of like, okay, I can do this. Like, what's that next thing? So it's kind of like dipping your toe in and then kind of going up, you know, if you're um, in the Northwest and we have lots of lakes and rivers and really cold water. <laughs> and so, you know, it's like I dip my toe in and then you kind of go up to your ankles and you go in a little further up to your knees. And as you acclimate, you can go further into the water. And that's really how I did it. So when I was in school and really getting started, I felt like that was uh, you know, the, those moments that stood out to me. And when I was able to say, okay, I can do this. And then when I started my business, I actually started coaching um, when I was in school to pay off all my six figures and student loans. Um, and I was coaching with women in business and consulting and, um, and that helped, you know, I was able to start networking. So that was a big stepping stone for me was networking with other people in business. And, you know, I'd stand up and just say my name and what I did and sit down. I was like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> like I can say my name and what I do and sit down. And then, you know, you do your 60 second like, elevator pitch. And so then I could talk for a minute. And then eventually I felt comfortable, you know, speaking more about what I did for maybe 10 minutes and being featured that week in networking. And so, you know, for me, being prepared is really helpful. Having notes and things like that is really helpful. And was it always super smooth? I'm sure it wasn't. Um, but, you know, incrementally, I was able to work up to, at one point, I actually went in and helped teach a college class in professional interviewing and, you know, that, that psychology behind first impressions. And it just kind of got bigger and bigger from there. Uh, but yeah, I never thought I would want to be on TV in front of thousands or millions of people. <laughs> and so, you know, from, from that, like, super shy girl to like, okay, I, I can do this and I can be in front of a small group to a bigger group. You know, then in person, it was a few hundred people. And that was 
totally different. Um, and now, of course, they work virtually. So who knows how many people see all of this. But, you know, to me, I always remember and I think this is why it's always been something that I was motivated enough to do and to work in growing my comfort zone. It's always been for me about how many people can I help? Who can I reach? Who can I you know, spread this message of, you know, mental wellness and success and being able to have that growth mindset? Like how many people can I get that to? And if I can help anybody through that, I know I'm learning and growing as I'm sharing, um, but if I can help anybody else, it's worth it to me. And so I think just keeping that in mind has helped me get through those stumbling blocks or you know, the missteps I had to release a long time ago that nothing was ever going to be perfect. And like, oh, well, we're real people and other people need to see that we're real people. Yeah. And and that helps me too to remember that, that, you know, what I do isn't meant to be showing people that they have to be perfect. It's kind of the opposite. It's like, it's okay not to be perfect all the time. Well, and that's it, right? None of us are perfect. We'll never be perfect. Such thing. I mean, we can be good at certain things, right? But we need to have that humbled attitude about stuff, knowing that we're not going to be perfect, you know, because I think when we do that, we can actually relate better with people. Oh, definitely. You know? Yeah. And, and especially when, you know, you're doing the psychology thing there. Mm-hmm. You, you you want to be able to relate to people, right? You want them to be able to feel comfortable. So you getting past your, you know, barrier, you know, if you will, mm-hmm. of of that comfort, that lack of comfort, you know, and, and growing more comfortable. And it's interesting you talked about you guys picked it apart, <clears throat> you know. Oh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> and and I, I yeah. think and feel like that probably goes into psychology a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And where, you know, that critiquing, especially I appreciate because I want to learn, I want to grow, I want to be better. Right. So anything somebody else can tell me, you know, about how I do stuff, you know, it, it, it helps. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, share with us something about that too, because I think it's important that all of us know those things and not only can take it from people, but also look at ourselves. Like we first have to start by identifying who we are to our own selves, right? Like, you know, if we have a short temper or use bad words or, you know, don't have patience or just whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, like if we can analyze our own self and say, these are some of our shortcomings, right. To ourselves, then we can grow and learn and be better in those things. But now if we can take it a step beyond and have people not just necessarily criticize us, because that sounds like a bad word. Right. But to give us constructive feedback. Right. Mm-hmm. that I think that would help. So maybe in the in that line of things, coming from that perspective, tell us how do we do that? Well, I think you hit right on it where you have to look at it as I want to learn, I want to grow, I want to become 
better at this. And so looking at everything as that lesson, looking at everything as, okay, there's something in this that I can learn from. So whether it goes really well and it's like, okay, do that again because it, it went great or it, it was that constructive. Like, okay, so next time try this or, you know, you could take this different approach to this or you could ask this different question or maybe it was leading in some way. And so like, okay, how, how can you ask a more open-ended question or how can you, if you lead, then kind of go ahead and catch yourself and make sure that you um, take it in a direction where it is more open, for example. So those kinds of things were really helpful. And it wasn't supposed to be mean-spirited or right. you know, grilling us or anything like that. It sounds, like you said, that criticism, it sounds so negative, but we need to make sure that we're not looking at it that way, that we're looking at it as, yeah, like you said, first have that self-awareness piece of you know, pay attention to those things. And see if there's areas that you can grow, but then be open to showing that to someone else or to asking for their feedback of like, what do you see? Because they're going to have a different perspective. It's always good to get an outside perspective from someone that doesn't have an involvement in that, maybe doesn't have a vested interest in how that turns out, or they're not emotionally tied to it, to really be objective and and to tell you, you know, these are some things that you could work on and then being open. So I think the biggest thing is just not taking it personally. So I had to not look at it as, you know, they were saying something bad about me as a person. They were just saying, you know, here's how you can get better. Here's how you can improve. And these are things that you can learn from. And so making sure that you don't tie your identity to mistakes or to challenges and things that come up that you're not saying, well, because I didn't do it perfectly, which we know that there's no such thing, but because it didn't go so perfectly, like I'm bad or I'm horrible at this. It's like, no, you're learning and you're growing and you can become better at that. You just have to be open to those lessons so that you can actually learn from them and move forward. And so I think it really is just adopting that mindset of focusing on growth and progress versus that fixed, like right, wrong, black, white, perfect Mm -hmm. or not. Right. Not getting down on ourselves, not just thinking we're a failure, Mm -hmm. but realizing, you know, as we continue to do something, we grow, we learn, we get better. We ask for help. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, that can be tough. Right. Especially if you're talking to a man, (laughs) you know, for all of us, for sure. And, and, you know, and taking things personally, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, we, we don't like to be told what to do, how to do it or, or whatever else. But if we can look at it from a, a, a different viewpoint, you know, and a perspective that we want to learn, we want to grow, we want to be better. Mm-hmm. Right. And we can take that approach. I think then we can learn and grow and be better. Right. Because if we take those things to heart and now we know what to improve on. Mm-hmm. You know, especially like you mentioned, asking the questions in a different way, open-ended, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things. It, it reminded me of some sales training, right? Yeah. So, and, and 
you know, stuff like that. So, uh, you know, if, if we can look at those things, take those to heart, we can be a better person then, right? And we oh, can absolutely. do things better. So I, I think all that's good. And that's, that's interesting. That's like, just the, the start of, of your chapter here, really. Pretty much, yeah. So another book that's coming up, right? Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to do Coach Doctors, and then there's another subtitle. I don't remember what that is, but Something look for it, everyone. Something about Like us sharing our specialties. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, so we're going to be in that together, too. Mm-hmm. Yay, us. Okay. <laughs> I know it's so great. I love these anthologies because I love to collaborate with other people and you Mm -hmm. build these great connections and relationships out of that where then it does open other doors and you're able to do other things together. And, you know, there's so many people that I never would have connected with that are all across the country and the world um, Mm -hmm. had it not been for these books. And so, yeah, I love that we're, we're doing this and that it is a little different. Right? It's not just a chapter or our stories. It is that component of a workbook of something that's going to be a tool and a resource for people. And so there's going to be you know, different people, us included, from all different kinds of coaching specialties so that we can learn and grow and become better um, holistically as people in all these different areas of our lives and our businesses. Yeah. And that's that's important too. And, and you're the first person I've talked to about coach doctor so far oh, Great, okay. because we're kind of jumping the gun here ahead of well, everybody else. Coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coming soon, but you're, you're ahead of everyone else, but you know, the, the workbook aspect that you mentioned is, mm-hmm. is I think really important to this because <clears throat> like we've been talking, it helps you to put, things into perspective, but to look at them, to, to ask a question. And now it's challenging you to answer that question, right? Like, what did you learn from this? How can you relate to this? You know, how can you apply it in your life? And, and I think that's what makes this new anthology so much more then, you know, I mean, this is a great book. Don't get me wrong. right? Oh, fabulous. Yeah. Inspirational, motivational. Right. But this is going to not just be that. It's going to be a tool to actually implement and take action. Right. Exactly. And it challenges us now to, to go out and do, to take mm-hmm. the action. Right. And, and then it gives us some structure. I mean, I'm all about structure discipline, organization, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, um, that's just how I, I grew up. <laughs> so I appreciate well, It's nice things. to have a track to follow. Yeah. Right. Of like, okay, so here's everything. Cause in the greatness in you, for example, I talk about like, here's my journey, but here are some tips on how you can mm-hmm. discover and grow into your own voice. But with coach doctors, it's taking it that extra step further to say, and here are some questions to ponder. Here are some action items. Here are some things to do in order to do that. So it's almost even a layer of accountability to yourself to have something to fill out, um, to write down, to really decide. You can go through and say, what do I want to focus on right now? Yeah. And pick one. 
And then focus on that growth in that area and then come back, pick another one. And so I, I really enjoy having those tools and resources. You know, it's things that I share with my clients and that I teach in my programs. Um, but I wanted people to have something tangible to hold on to, to have and to be able to run with so that they can really take all of that information. Because sometimes we just we read and we're so inspired and it's exciting and then we don't do anything about it. And so I wanted to have something people can take and actually start um, taking action and can be a guide for them. Right. So tell us a little bit more about your programs, your coaching. What mm -hmm. What is it that you offer people that you can do for people to help them with these like tools and resources that we're talking about? Okay. So I am, like I said, therapist, coach, a little bit of both. I actually ran both sides of my career, my business, and my therapeutic life separately for a really long time. And then I realized I just I wanted to put them together. I loved working with people who wanted to do the work. They were ready to do that work. And they it were people who just wanted to move forward and they wanted to do it right now. And in my therapeutic life, I was doing amazing work, but at the same time, I worked with a lot of court appointed clients over the years, which was wonderful, but I got really burnt out. Um, and a lot of times they didn't want to be there, whether it was custody cases or they were dealing with addiction or you know, whatever that was um, with, you know, adults and families and kids. And, and I just loved that work so much, but I saw then the coaching clients that I had they were ready. They were showing up. They were invested, but they also were dealing with all the things that my therapy clients were dealing with. And it's like, okay, I can help, but I wasn't their therapist. And so I decided to put those two worlds together. Um, just 2019, like I said, I was burnt out. I wanted to make a shift. I wanted to work more virtually and that allowed me to be able to reach more people, but also take better care of myself, honestly. And so that's when I started developing the programs that I have now. And so I do work individually. I have a limited number of individual um, clients. I um, have been a hypnotherapist throughout my whole career. It was one of the modalities, one of the things I studied in school. And that is just helps me to help people calm down those things like the inner critic we were talking about. You can be really hard on ourselves just to really calm those things down, especially when they've been through a lot of stress, a lot of trauma, um, to be able to work through some of those things and get results a little bit quicker because we can go deeper and help them to be able to connect with what's going on and heal that and move forward. Um, so I do infuse that into the work that I do um, for people who are wanting that subconscious work and then uh, the coaching aspect. You know, I, I do meld the two worlds. And so what's really great is people can work with me individually, but I also have some really great group programs and that I have a lot of space in um, for people to be able to come in and either work through my emotional empowerment course, which the people who end up getting the coach doctor's book are going to get some snippets of that because it's all about increasing your emotional intelligence. Um, it's an eight week course. You can do it at your own pace, but it's something where you'll get coaching access with me as well um, to help you through that process. So it's DIY, but you get a little bit of a higher touch there as well. 
And the nice thing is it's helping you build your confidence and figure out your own sense of values and identity and how to be more assertive. That's one of the things I learned in finding my voice and growing was, you know, how to be assertive, not aggressive, um, but to be able to set boundaries and ask for you know, what I wanted and needed. And I actually got a great compliment the other day. I had an introductory call with a potential client who said, I wanted to see if we would be a good fit because I've had issues in the past working with people who didn't have good boundaries. And you seem like you have really good boundaries. And thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that because that's something that's really important to me. And so boundaries is huge for people and communication. It's all the things no one teaches you in school. They, how to manage your emotions, how to communicate well and set boundaries with yourself and with others, uh, who you are and what's most important to you and how to find your purpose, all of those kinds of things that are just abstract and people say align with your values. And you're like, what, what does that even mean? Right? These are the things that I teach in that course. And then I also have another group program that houses all of my guided recordings. And I started that when the pandemic started. And it was because I wanted to give more access at a very affordable price um, to more people to be able to do a lot of that healing work. Because again, I only have so much limited space to work with me individually. So I wanted to open this up more. And so I was making guided recordings. And the ones I make are like guided meditations, just a little bit deeper work around success and health and um, healing and being able to manage your emotions, that emotional management piece. And so now, oh my gosh, fast forward two and a half years, I have over 40 different recordings on all different topics around the success and the health and um, you know the emotional management pieces. And I have ones that you can listen to while you're walking around and doing other things. And I have the ones where you close your eyes and relax and do some of that deeper work. Um, but that's an amazing program too. And that's my Clarity Collective program. And it's just getting clarity and healing and reducing stress and being able to manage your emotions and just manage if people have chronic pain. I mean, there's just so much goodness in there um, that I wanted to house it. I wanted to make sure everyone had access. So th that's really how I'm working right now. And then of course the books, and then I have a new journal too. Excellent. I mean, let's get to that in a second, but like all of that was really powerful. And especially that last piece where, you know, you're bringing everything in and, and the, that wholeness is, is mm -hmm. what I'm basically hearing from it is you're, you're helping people to get rid of that stress. You're helping people to find the balance, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're helping everyone to address and listen and calm, right. Mm -hmm. All of those things by doing that. And it's so important. And I think we need, especially, you know, I mean, this goes out to everywhere in the world, right? But especially as Americans, we mm -hmm. tend to overwork, overprocess, do too much, or mm -hmm. take too much stress, and all of these different things. And it's mindset, right? And be it a good mindset or not, right? Because that's that's what we need to identify. Everything starts with our mindset in a sense, because from there we do everything else. So we need to sometimes get back 
and and have a program like this that you're talking about that recenters us, right? It brings some more balance into ourselves, and that now we can say, oh, this is what really matters. My stress level matters because my health matters, and I don't want to be burned out. And oh, what do you know? I've actually got more energy now, and I have a better outlook on life, and all of these things. And now, now we have that right mindset, and now we can go out and impact the world. Right. So I mean, that's great. So for all of you out there that have been intrigued just as much as I have been about that, uh, there's information below in the description and Jody's going to tell us more here too, but like look her up here on her website and everything else. So you can stay in contact with her to, to get more of that information. It's so vital, but now Jody, go ahead and tell us about the journal too, because that's pretty neat. Absolutely. I will do that. Thank you. Yeah, I completely agree with you that, you know, our thoughts and our emotions and our physiology are completely connected. We're whole people. And so when you have your thoughts and your emotions going into a positive direction, it can affect you positively on the physical side. And when it's not quite so positive, it can affect you negatively. I hate that, that pain, the illness, when we burn out, it's both, you know, we start pushing ourselves. And like I said, it's part of our culture. We push, push, push. And then your body starts exhibiting symptoms because it's trying to tell you like, Hey, stop. Could you calm down a little bit? Could you slow down? And it will make you if you don't. And so, yeah, it's so important. And so what, that's one of the lessons I had to learn again with my, you know, personal burnout journey and, you know, people who, are in helping professions, very high burnout rates in general in our society right now, very, very high burnout rates. And like you said, especially here in the US. And so it's something that I had to learn for myself to like said, stop and get centered and take the breaks and recharge my energy and do all of those things. And so that's one of the reasons why I wrote um, everything that happens for a lesson. So this is my new journal and it actually has um, a chapter um, in the front of it that I wrote with the same title in my very first anthology where I shared that story of some of those lessons that I had to learn in my life over the years. And then the whole concept behind this was to teach other people how to adopt more of that growth mindset, exactly what you and I have been talking about this whole time about how do you get into that mindset of expanding your comfort zone and learning and growing and becoming better and looking at things in that way. And so I have basically different prompts for morning and evening for 30 days in here. So that you can really get into that growth mindset, focus on things, like gratitude, focus on what's going well. So many times we focus all on the negative and then we wonder why, right? The negative is just taking over. And it's because most of the thoughts that we think naturally 
on a daily basis are negative. And generally they're the same ones we thought yesterday and the day before and the day before that. And so it is really, like you said, Donato, about shifting your mindset so that you can shift to the more positive so that you can be more proactive and focus on what you can control versus what you can't, what is going right versus what isn't. And with whatever isn't, whatever challenges or issues are coming up, what can you learn from them? so that you can grow and you can become better. And so that's why I just really wanted to have that journal as a tool. And again, it's something where I wanted to make sure that people were prioritizing themselves, their values, their self-care, um, that they were taking just five minutes, you know, morning and evening. Those are the best times, in my opinion, to put something into a routine because in the middle of the day, who knows what kind of chaos is right. going to ensue or what's going to happen. But if you can just take those couple minutes to yourself to say, you know, what am I looking forward to or what went well? Like, what am I going to learn? Like, how am I going to celebrate the good things? And then I throw in some of the boundaries in there because it is important. I throw in some values and some boundaries of like, you know, how am I going to set or maintain healthy boundaries? And that can be in relationships, but it also can be with yourself. Again, with giving yourself the space and the time to rest and recharge or to make sure that you're not overworking yourself to the point of exhaustion and burnout. Um, so I asked some great questions, like you said earlier, you know, just those thought provoking questions that keep those things at the top of your mind each day. And I believe when you do that for a whole month, you're going to be well on your way to shifting your mindset to more naturally choosing that growth versus that fixed mindset where everything's black or white, good or bad. Mm hmm. I totally agree. And I actually in a in a different uh, message, one of my sermons, actually, I was challenging people to do that same type of thing, like for 30 days. Right. And I think that particular number, interestingly enough, I mean, it, it's it's a little less than a month, but I, I think a month is a good just mm -hmm. a principle for us to follow is you know, we can, we can either create a good habit or, or get rid of a, an old bad habit, right? Mm -hmm. If you take that, that time. But the interesting thing about that time frame is that it can change not only your perspective, but your attitude, mm -hmm. your, you know, the relationships around you and, and so many more things that it's like, once you've done it for that long and you've seen the results, it's like, well, yeah, why, why haven't I been doing this all the time? And, yeah. and I'm definitely going to continue to do this. This isn't just for a month. It's forever. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I think those are important things. And, you know, you kind of touched on like that routine, right? We need mm -hmm. to have, you know, daily morning, you know, evening, whatever routines that, you know, you can kind of work in. Cause like you mentioned, the you know, the middle of the day gets kind of busy and hectic, right? I mean, for my own, like, mental health, I guess you could say, you know, before I go to bed, I just try to watch a funny show on TV, mm -hmm. right? Just to kind of relax, to unwind, to get rid of the stress from the day, you know, to get my, my mind on something else, to laugh, right? Mm -hmm. Laughter is a good medicine. And, and, then now I've got this, you know, more of this peace, you know, really about me that I can 
now I can go to bed and I'm not going to sit hopefully right in, in bed and toss and turn and think about my day and all of these other things because I've, I've taken some time out for myself. Yeah. And, and I think that is so important that we do that. So, I mean, you could probably tell us a whole lot more about those types of things and feel free. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're totally on the right track. A hundred percent. You know, when you have that time to wind down from the day and get yourself set up for success for the next day of just getting in the right headspace for you, it's, it's that laughter and the de-stressing and it's just giving yourself that predictable routine that like, okay, this is what we do when it's time to wind down and get ready to go to sleep. And this is what we do to ramp up in the morning when we're kids. We give children these really solid routines. It's like, okay, this is the time you go to, you know, you have dinner and you have bath time and you get in your PJs and we read a book and then it's lights out at this time and then that's it. And then same thing in the morning, they get up and they have this really solid routine. And then I think we get a little rebellious and we start making our own routines. We're like, I don't need that. I don't need a routine. I can do what I want. And then we wonder why things aren't going well, we're not sleeping well. <laughs> it's because we don't have one. And so it is really important, like you said, to have that mental shift um, to really signal to yourself, hey, it's time to start, you know, releasing all of that stress from the day and get in a good headspace and get ready for tomorrow. And then that guides you into your sleep and and your dream time. And then yeah, like you said, you're not just up with the wheels spinning all of the time. And when you can incorporate something like journaling with this, you know, morning and evening, then you can get it all out on paper or even your to-do list, just writing things down, get it out of your head so that it's not keeping you up at night so that you're focused on, okay, I wrapped up the day. I'm getting ready for the next one and set yourself up in a positive way. It makes such a difference. And so, yeah, those routines really are important. And everyone has one. You may not think you do, but you do. There's a certain order that everyone does things in, and it's different for everyone. There's a certain order when you, you know, brush your teeth or if you shower like night or morning or, you know, when you put your pajamas on or when you, uh, you know, have that glass of water or you take your vitamins or whatever. Everyone has routines. Yeah, everybody has to have their coffee in the morning. <laughs> that's right. And everybody has an order. Like some people, that's the first thing they do, <laughs> right? Like I do nothing before coffee and some people might do a couple of things before that. So I think just figuring out where you can fit some of these healthy habits and not trying to change everything at once, but incorporating one thing. And usually I would say if you're not sleeping well, then definitely have that be the winding down, putting this, you know, maybe the phone goes away or, um, you know, something if you're getting sucked into that too late and your brain's getting overstimulated and do something to wind down or, you know, put something positive in in the morning for yourself. Whatever that is for you, pick one thing, maybe morning and evening that you do and start there. And then you can always add more things in. But I feel like if you have something that you can insert into whatever order you already do things in, you can find a good spot to put it in there. It's going to be easier to incorporate that habit in. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I, th I think, you know, it's interesting because you used... I guess an analogy basically, right? Of us being kids. 
yeah. and having routines. And it's kind of interesting because why do we learn all of these things as children, but then we forsake them when we get older? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like we learned all of these fundamental principles when we were young mm-hmm. and we had, I mean, if you think back to, I mean, maybe not everybody's childhood was great or anything else. I'm not saying mine was, but like we had good childhoods growing up, right? Or something, or mm-hmm. or we had these things that we did and, you know, they, they gave us a little structure and, you know, we slept good. We, you know, had, you know, positive attitudes, but it's like in life, as it kept going, we learned different things and we started having bad attitudes and sleeping Mm -hmm. poorly. And it's like, what happened? You know, what, where did, I don't know if something went wrong. I mean, again, you can probably tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit more about that, but like what happened from we were here and now we're over here. Yeah. We learned some bad habits. So we get a little older and then we get into that, that culture like what you were talking about earlier, where we push ourselves and we work really hard. And then it's like, you got to work to provide, you got to work to do this. You got to have to do that. And we get overloaded, you know, and sometimes it starts really young. I mean, if I trace that burnout journey back, I I really was getting set up for that probably in high school, to be honest, because, you know, I was always, busy. I was in a couple different sports. I, you know, had a job and I was going to school. And I think that's when I started to get out of those good routines, like you were saying, and then, you know, went to college and then it was like, same thing, busy, all hours, you you, uh, go to school, you go out with friends, you work, you know, you do all of these things, or at least I did. And so again, just push, 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 work, 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 Um, and not really fostering that sense of routine. Schedule is all over the place. Wasn't really prioritizing rest. And, you know, we can kind of do it for a while. I mean, I think about some of the the schedule that I had in my 20s and like the drive time because I went to school in Arizona and my family was up here in the Seattle area. And I'm like, it just makes me tired just thinking about it. <laughs> like just thinking about driving home for Christmas and all the things. I'm like, how did I even do that? I'm like, I can drive three hours and I'm exhausted now. Like, I don't even know like, how I did such things and stayed up all night and, and studied until 3 a.m. and then got up at eight and went to class. I'm like, I can't even fathom that now. But that's what we do, right? We push ourselves so much and we just pile it on and then you know, you go to work and then you have a family and, you know, you just burn the candle at both ends. And so I think we just lose that and adopt some unhealthy habits. And then we wonder why it's not working or we're feeling run down and depleted and burnt out and we're starting to be a little more negative. And then we're surrounding ourselves, of course, with media and things that can be very negative. And so it's so important to guard and protect your energy, in my opinion, you know, to really recognize those habits and those patterns in yourself. And like, what can you do to replenish your energy before it's completely depleted? And then how to surround yourself, you know, with the things that you listen to, the things that you watch, like you said, before you go to bed, the things that you allow in, 
Now, I'm not saying be Pollyanna and like everything's perfect in the world because it's not. But at the same time, like limit those types of things, you know, making sure that you know what drains you. Um, I'm very auditory. And so I actually don't like to listen to news at all um, because they're putting their own emotion and inflection and things into it. I like to read and then make my own decisions on things. I know that that's very draining to me. And so I'm very particular or, you know, what you listen to when you drive. I listen to positive music, things that I love, podcasts that are uplifting. And, you know, if something makes me feel better about, you know, gives me energy and makes me feel better about myself and my situation and in the world, that's a plus. You know, I could take the other in small doses, but I'm not going to inundate myself with it. And I think those are the things that I see a lot in our culture that is what happens to us and why we kind of go downhill from childhood on. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally it. And I like what you said, especially about the things we let in or the things we bring in essentially, mm -hmm. right? What we, what we listen to, you know, I like to say, you know what CNN stands for, right? It's constantly <laughs> negative news. <laughs> I mean, we do, we got, I, I, I'm the same way. I don't, I don't watch the news to speak of, you know, I, I, I just, I, I'm going to purpose to fill myself with something like you're saying, positive, uplifting, mm -hmm. encouraging, you know, I, I don't want to you know, hear about all the garbage going out in the world. Now I'm not saying you shouldn't be informed, right? Like, I, I, I still, still try to be somewhat informed about stuff, mm -hmm. right? I'll read little headlines on my phone in the morning or something or. Exactly. Or but, but those are things you can control in doses. Right. And you're not living in it. And I think that it makes a huge difference in our mindsets and in how negative we are because there is so much. I mean, you turn on the computer and there's like so much going on or the television or your phone. It's mm -hmm. like the technology, we have more information coming in at us in 30 days than our grandparents, great grandparents before all of this technology had pretty much in their whole lifetime. It's yep. so much. It's too much going in here. And so, yeah, I think if you can edit, if you can filter a little bit, if you can stay informed in the way that is important, but serves you to do that, but not get inundated and overwhelmed, then you're doing pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting you put it that way too, because I think back, like <clears throat> I'm a, I'm a little bit different or, or, unique, I guess, or however, <laughs> um, than, than most, like my dad was a world war two master sergeant. Okay? okay. So he was pretty old when he had me. So he grew up in the great depression, right? Mm -hmm. My grandmother like was born, you know, turn of the century <laughs> or my grandparents, mm -hmm. both my grandparents, you know, turn of the century, like when the radio was practically first invented. Yeah. So, you know, you, you bring that to, to light. It's like, well, yeah, they, what was their source of information? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, they worked the farms or, or whatever. And then slowly, you know, the radio came to be and you get a little information and, but what was it back then? It was 
it was a lot of it was encouraging. They had different radio shows that were entertaining and, and, and whatnot, right? And then TV comes along and so on and so forth. But it's, it's all about what you let in. You know, mm-hmm. and if we take that time, especially with our daily routine, right, to let in the good, positive things, you know, there's there's the you know phrase that was made uh, um, popular by Tony Robbins, right, where it was the power hour. I've mm-hmm. kind of taken that concept and said, look, we need to feed ourselves. We got three parts of ourselves. We got a body, we have mm-hmm. a mind and we have a spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And we really are that spirit that has a mind and lives in a body. And okay. if we if we take that and realize okay, we're a three-part being and we need to feed each part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Then take 20 minutes a day to, you know, do some exercise. Take 20 minutes a day to stimulate your mind. You know, take 20 minutes to give yourself some, you know, meditation, some prayers, some reading of the Bible, whatever it is for you, you know, the, to, to feed your spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And and now you can get some wholeness. You can get some, you know, balance to your life, right? And then from there, it, it starts, like, making us better, right? Especially if we do that in a morning routine, it sets the day, you know, going forward. And I, and I think that's just so important. So I want to make sure that in the last few minutes that we have left here still that people know how to get to you and, and just continue to share a little bit more about yourself, what mm-hmm. makes you you, but how do we get a hold of you? How do we get connected? I mean, the information's in the description below, but Tell us more about what you can do for us to, to, you know, I mean, we've talked about a lot here, but especially, you know, around that, like psychology or, or, you know, making the most out of ourselves. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree with you that we're whole people, you know, we're whole beings. And so, yeah, you do have to feed that mind, body, spirit and recognize that connection. And that when one of those, is off and you're not feeding that, that it's going to affect those other pieces. And so completely agree with you on that. That is how I work with clients is very holistically that they do need to work on all three because what is going to affect you physically is going to affect you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and you know, it all just flows. And when I was working with people, and still am, you know, with businesses, for example, you know, anything that's going to affect your personal life affects your professional life and vice versa. And so that is something that I make sure that I work on with clients is they, you know, can work with me on one area of their life, but know that we're going to work on everything, you know, that those other things are going to be a part of that. And so whether somebody is wanting to focus on um, their physical health or health habits, if they're wanting to work through, you know, anxiety, 
trauma, depression, burnout, or they're really wanting to find, you know, what that purpose and calling is, and they're wanting to strengthen that spiritual connection, then absolutely, you know, we can, we can work through those things, but it's going to affect you as a whole person. And so, like I'd mentioned before, I do have my uh, course and my group program. I also do have a program. I team up with business coaches um, to help guide their clients. Um, but I have a special um, connection with one of our co-authors, actually, um, Sharice Burton and I team up to do a program called the Formidable Focus Movement. And so we have a focus course specifically for people in business, which is great as well. And of course, then like I said, I can work individually uh, with people on whatever their goals are when it comes to mental wellness and success. And so they can find me on my website, so everyone listening can go to psychedupsuccess.com and check that out. You can find all of my books on there as well as the new journal, uh, which again, I'm really excited about. It actually does house a lot of those prompts, those questions, those action items that I give to my clients as we don't like to call it homework because that just sounds like work right? <laughs> or like school. Um, but those implementation strategies uh, that I give my clients. But the other thing I have on my website that I think is going to be really helpful to the people listening is I do have a lot of free resources. I have a free Facebook group called Purpose, Passion, Path. And so they can find that um, as well as some free downloads. And one of those is my guide to mastering mindfulness. And we talked a lot about not getting, you know, caught up in that culture of hustle and the negativity and working on your growth. And so the guide to mastering mindfulness is one of my favorites. Um, you can just go to guide.psychedupsuccess.com. Um, and that's a really great tool because it has five different strategies to reduce stress and to bring yourself into that present moment. So if it's stress or anxiety that are things that you're dealing with, then those are really great tools. There's some breathing techniques in there. There's some anti-anxiety techniques that I even use with people who have panic attacks or post-traumatic stress. Um, there are some techniques in there that you can literally just sit and take a break at your desk for 90 seconds to five minutes and just get centered, get de-stressed, bring yourself back to the core of like, okay, how am I feeling? What do I need in this moment? Shift yourself to how you would like to feel. You know, the other thing I feel like happens too much is we get very disconnected. What I was talking about as we get older and all of those things happen and we're in school and we're working and we're starting families and we're doing all of these things in our lives. We get very, very disconnected from our bodies and from how we feel and what we need. You know, we're always, you know, on somebody else's timetable and we're like, oh, I'm hungry, but I don't have time right now. Yeah. You're, you're thirsty, but you don't even realize it. You're just not paying attention to your body's cues. And then we get sick all the time and we wonder why. And so those guide, uh, this guide to mastering mindfulness that I'm offering everyone is really helpful because sometimes it's just taking a moment to breathe because you didn't even stop to breathe today. And then you can do a check-in with yourself like, okay, how am I doing? And then you can go on with your day. But when you have the tools to grab, to be able to do things like that for yourself, self-care does not have to be hours long. It's not things like 
you know, pedicures and, and bubble baths and taking the whole day off to go golfing or whatever, you know, that's not all it has to be. It can be literally like, I don't drink some water and breathe. If you can do things like that for yourself, I feel like you can get a handle on that self-awareness and that emotional management piece that we were talking about. And so that's one of the tools I wanted to offer everyone today, because I think it's really helpful um, to anybody, no matter what your situation is. That's great. I appreciate that. And I mean, the last thing you were talking about, just breathing. <clears throat> it's so amazing that if we just take a minute, literally a minute mm -hmm. to do a proper breathing technique, right? Mm -hmm. It lowers your blood pressure. It relieves your stress. I mean, it just, it, it, it does so much for you mm -hmm. by just simply breathing. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Who knew? The things that, <laughs> that we just take for granted nope. right, are the things. And these breathing techniques, too. Like you said, you learn a proper breathing technique. It can help you get better sleep at night and yeah. get to sleep at night. It can, like you said, lower your blood pressure. It Literally, these kinds of small things that you can do every day, whether it's putting something in your morning and evening routine and practicing gratitude or mm -hmm. looking for those lessons, like these things change your brain and literally can change your life. And it doesn't take a lot of time. It really is something you can implement right away. You can start off like just creating a healthy habit for yourself and you can change the trajectory of, you know, where you're going mentally, emotionally, and physically. Yep. Well, again, such a pleasure having you here, Jody. I appreciate it so much. Always very informative. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, just want to tell everybody else out there, get a hold of the information that she has to offer. It's going to help you change your life. And I hope and pray that it's going to help you to get motivated. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Get Motivated with Donato, where Donato speaks with leaders, authors, influencers, and speakers who share their lives' journeys with motivational tips, lessons learned, and keys of success that will motivate you to change your life. Follow Donato on Facebook and LinkedIn at Donato Parisi, or go to DonatoMotivates.com. Remember, you can be anything you want and desire. All you have to do is get motivated.